It's day two of the owners' meetings here in Phoenix, Arizona. Eric Allen joined alongside by the man they call Slash Cordell Stewart, who is here with TuneIn. We got a great show in store for you today. Not only is Cordell here right now, but we'll be joined shortly by Sal Palantonio from ESPN, also Kim Martin from Newsday, who covers the Jets, of course, and possibly Ian Rappaport as well from NFL Network. We are brought to you today by Bridgestone. It's official tire of the New York Jets, but without further ado, let's bring in Slash himself, Cordell Stewart. Cordell, AFC coaches breakfast today. Todd Bowles tells the media it's going to be an open competition at the quarterback position for the New York Jets in 2017. Your take. I'll tell you what, I think it's healthy for the team to have that. Um, I think you, you know, whenever you present a level of competition at every position, uh, I think it allowed the, your peers and everyone around to really appreciate who's going to be that starter. Uh, so if it's Chris Hackenberg going up against Josh McCown, so be it. Um, I know they paid Josh McCown a pretty decent contract to, to make you assume or think that he is uh, potentially could be the quarterback uh, based on being a veteran and everything he's sure. accomplished. But he's moved around a lot. But then you have Chris Hackenberg. Christian, who, yeah, Christian Hackenberg Chris, and, and Bryce Petty. And Bryce Petty. I mean, he came in in the second round. Christian Hackenberg came in the second round last year. And... Uh, and, and so when you, and Petty, as you mentioned, and so I, I think overall, when you really put it in its proper perspective and have a level of transparency at that position, because that's probably one of the most critical positions on the field. I know you talk about the corners when the one-on-one coverages, um, corners having to be on an island, like kind of like the Darrell Rivas, the Rivas Island, so to speak. You know, this is the position that gets the most ridicule. I mean, get too much praise when there's good things going on and too much blame when things aren't going well at all. And so I, I think it's imperative that you create especially with the passionate fans that you guys have and with oh, the Jets, yeah. with the New York Jets. Um, it's important that you make sure you have the guy out there um, that, that is the guy and proving himself to be that. Because if, if there's any question, uh, starting with the team or even the fan base, you hear it when it comes so down to their reaction. If you're a young quarterback in this league, which you were, and you're Christian Hackenberg today, and you just came off a red shirt season, the Jets never had any intention of playing him in year one, and they certainly didn't because Ryan Fitzpatrick had just came, come off a season where he threw 31 touchdown passes, nearly 4,000 yards passing. The Jets set a franchise record in terms of total yards. So Hackenberg came in and he was the third guy didn't play last season but today here in late March you hear that your head coach saying you're going to have an opportunity to play what will he be thinking right now when he hears well let's let's put it in perspective okay coach Bowles was borderline on the hot seat going into this season let's be realistic the worst thing you can do is just make a commitment and have to stick to that one commitment without allowing the competitive spirit of each one of these players to take its toll, to determine who's going to be the starting quarterback on your team. That's the smartest thing to do as a head coach. Not saying that that wasn't going to be his approach, but you don't have Chan Gailey anymore with a Ryan Fitzpatrick who knows the system going back to Buffalo. And so this is a totally different situation. Now you're having to bring someone who's never been the starter on this football team to actually take it over considering Coach Bowles has, what, an extended year on his contract, or he has one more year left on his contract, which is this upcoming season. And so when you really, again, put it in a level of a perspective, but most importantly have levels of transparency, it's important that you do this. And so does the collective experience of being in the game for some time for Josh McCown gives him the edge? I don't think so. Does the young, inexperienced player of a, of a Petty or, or Hackenberg kind of forces them to not have an opportunity? I don't think so. Because when open competition comes to play, I think that's when you get more of the competitive, the competitive nature or spirit from each one of these players to come to the forefront. You guys, you played in this league. Everybody around here I've talked to on the ground in Phoenix raves about Josh McCown's intangibles and what kind of presence he brings to the room, his leadership qualities. He's a veteran. Yeah. Um, do you think that's a good pairing to have him with a, a pair of young quarterbacks in a room? Like you mentioned, new offensive coordinator this year, John Morton, new quarterbacks coach in Jeremy Bates. Yeah, sure, all day long. Um, one thing I had when I came into the National Football League, I had Neil O'Donnell and I had Mike Tomczak in the same room. In the same room. Both guys were veterans. Obviously, Neil was a quarterback. Something happened to him. Mike Tomczak comes in. That 
experience of watching it and listening to it. Then I became Slash and having a chance to get in the system at, at the wide receiver position. So I was in the huddle. These quarterbacks in Petty and Hackenberg, if they don't get a chance to start, they won't have that luxury of doing it. Right. Doing that. But they still get a chance to watch it be done by a veteran who's been around for some time. And there's nothing like getting a chance to see it, listen to it. But I think the thing that's different in today's game is they thrust guys in now. You know, this is almost like a microwave dinner type situation for quarterbacks and players in the league now because that patient and that patience and, and that having that time to watch these guys develop, it really doesn't exist in our league no more. Yeah. But to have a Josh McCown to come around and give these two young players an opportunity to watch it and see and learn from his mistakes because you're all taught how to do the good things right, the good things well, right? By, by going through the game plan, uh, by talking about certain things in the air-conditioned room that you should and shouldn't do, but yet leaning more to the side of what you're trying to do. That's why you game plan. You game plan to make sure that you do the best you can and, and hopefully have answers for those mistakes. And those answers are to correct them, basically. Yeah. What better thing to have in front of you as a young player than having a veteran that's been around for some time that as all the coaches here and owners are saying about Josh McCown, which is his intangibles. Right. You know, and we'll get a chance to see that because there is some talent in New York that would give him a chance to be successful. You have a veteran offense. You know, it's a group of guys who are veterans. I mean, if Eric Decker coming back, you have Matt Forte coming back, this offensive line is pretty solid up front. Well, he, may have to, he may have to add a few more pieces defensively. Yeah, you lost Darrell Revis, but you have Mo Wilkerson on the defensive line and so on and so forth. So you, you have a group of veterans that can help lead this team in moving forward. Right. I think a Josh McCown, if he gets the system quick enough, it can help them get started on the right foot. And what you're asking me from a tutelage standpoint, will it help Petty and Hackenberg? Tremendously if they're not the starters. Todd Bowles did say in regards to the 2017 draft that it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Jets could take a quarterback yeah. at six. What do you think about some of the top guys in this class and everybody's uh, first mentions? Uh, Mitchell Trubisky from yeah. North Carolina and Deshaun Watson, it seems like. And Kaiser, too, right? You're right. And Kaiser, right, and right in the mix. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing it's like a relationship of any kind, right? If you like it, that's really what's, what matters. And if it fits what you're trying to do, that's what, that's what truly matters. Um, the opinions from everyone and scouts and all these gurus that feel like they have all the answers. It really, because no one thought last year the Rams would move all the way up to the number one spot to get a Jared Goff. Right. Everyone thought Carson Wentz was going as the first quarterback, regardless of where he was going, correct? Which I did too. Um, I picked him as a better quarterback in last year's draft. Uh, I think he proved that this year. Kind of fell off late. I think the, the fatigue of the, of, the, of the league set in on him a list a little bit. And he needs some help tremendously. I mean, in the backfield as, as well as the wide receiver position. But when you really put it in its proper place, you know, if they were to get one of these kids, I don't think they'll lose necessarily. Some One may have looked like he may have a better upside. But it just depends on which coordinator can he, these quarterbacks get with that can best give him a chance to start yeah, winning. Yeah, so bottom now. line, if you like a quarterback, you take him. Yeah, if, if, if what he has fits the bill yeah. of what you're doing. Right. All day long, if it's the show of the three between Kaiser, uh, Trubisky, as well as what? Come on, you mean to tell me that Deshaun Watson doesn't have a better resume? Resume is ten times better than these guys. So, But does that mean he's going as a first quarterback overall? Right. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that. So it's just, again, if they're mentioning Mitchell Trubisky after only playing 13 games, in one season, which was his last season. Right. Something that he has that forces maybe you guys at six to may look at him or even want to get him. Yeah. And then you may have an epiphany and go somewhere else. Maybe a totally different direction or because maybe, of what you have on your roster. Or maybe you want to add another developmental guy because uh, Mike McKagan has always talked about Hey, listen, in the draft, you want to have a pipeline. So maybe down the line, the Jets add a quarterback. Before we bring in yeah. uh, Ian Rappaport here from NFL Network, I wanted to ask you, Cordell, what you're doing now here because uh, we've been stationed next to you, not only here in Phoenix, but in Indianapolis as well because uh, yeah. we can hear you on the airwaves. Yeah, bro, we, we run our mouth a little bit. Myself and uh, Brian Weber, <laughs> we're uh, – 
with TuneIn. Our show is called No Huddle. It's an app on your phone. It's a free app. Uh, we consider ourselves a Netflix of audio. Yeah. Uh, we're on from 4 to 7, Monday through Friday. Uh, and we talk everything the National Football League. Uh, we, as you guys do, we travel everywhere. We go to owners' meetings. We go to the combine. Um, we go to Super Bowls. Uh, we do everything. And, and, and also, we'll be at the draft in Philly. And so, you know, we do everything we can to bring all the best coverage we could possibly bring. Uh, you can find us on the podcast, on the NFL, the podcast. Uh, and you can find us there, too. With and, tune in. and you can download. Tune and you can download TuneIn. Four to seven. Four to seven, Monday through Friday. And guess what? If you don't catch us, you can actually go on demand and find us on on demand. So we're everywhere you need us to be, it's on your iPhone. As long as you have Wi-Fi, you have connection. You could be anywhere in the world, literally, and you can listen to us and follow us or even follow your local station or your team if you're too far out of whack to catch it on a local station. You can follow follow through us on TuneIn and get to where you want to go. That's what you would expect from the man they call Slash <laughs> Cordell Stewart. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we're going to bring in Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. It is day two of the owners' meetings here. You're watching on NewYorkJust.com and on Twitter and our app. You can send in questions uh, for myself on Twitter. Like I said, we're bringing in Ian Rappaport. We're bringing in ESPN's uh, Sal Palantonio, and we're going to bring in also Kim Martin later in the show. Uh, day two of the owners' meetings, Todd Bowles spoke to the media today. Uh, big news, open competition for the Jets at quarterback, uh, obviously after adding Josh McCown. And they got a pair of young signal callers here in Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg. Here is the aforementioned Ian Rappaport. He's always on his phone, so you never know what news is going to break. So he might leave the stable at any point. Great seeing you again. Uh, your takeaway on today's Major Jets news, uh, Todd Bowles addressing the media here at the AFC Coaches Breakfast, saying that, hey, listen, everybody's going to have a chance to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, to me, this sort of was the, the expectation. And, and, you know, Josh McCown is, is where he is. Um, and he's he's older. He's got six million dollars guaranteed, so we know he's going to be at the least the backup. He's got a lot of upside in his contract, thirteen million dollars he can make. So certainly room in there for him to be the starter. But you know, for me, when you sign McCown, you never expect him to say, "All right, this is this is our starting quarterback." That's not even honestly why they signed him because. You know, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna sign someone to say, all right, you know, this is our surefire starter, my sense is it probably would have been Cutler. You know, hmm. if McCown plays well enough to be the starter, that's great. That's very good. I think that will be a good outcome. They'll pay him whatever it is. It'll be fine. The most important thing for McCown is how good of a guy he is, how good of a teacher he is, and how essentially important he'll be for the guys in the quarterback room. So. You know, you like to win this year. I think it's a clear year in transition for the sure. Jets. Obviously, you want to go out and win as many games as you can. But if he comes in here and starts no games and helps these young quarterbacks develop to a point where one can be a franchise guy, then it's all worth it there. For and th Then, you know, the whole signing of Josh McCown makes a lot of sense. Todd Bowles did say today that uh, – he did not speak to uh, Jay Cutler uh, throughout the free agency process, and he does have some familiarity with Josh McCown. I know McCown's played for nine previous teams, uh, but they knew each other from their Miami days. And then McCown also has familiarity with the new Jets quarterbacks coach and Jeremy Bates from their days together in Chicago. Yeah, and my understanding is that you know Bates, uh, you know, obviously has some has some power. Um, and really could have pushed for Cutler if he wanted to, but it sounds like Cutler was the option if not getting McCown. Mm -hmm. That that was as it was explained to me. Uh, I think Cutler would have been fine. Again, probably would have come in as the starting quarterback uh, and all of that, but it sounded like they wanted McCown more, and I get it because there's the football side, then there's the human locker room side, the teaching side. You know, I remember, so I went to Brown's training camp last year. Sure. And I was hanging around the field after just kind of chatting with some guys. And McCown comes up and introduces himself, and we chat a little bit. And then, like, 45 minutes later, we're still talking about Hugh Jackson and coaching and why he's so effective in different approaches. And I told him that he should quit football and become a coach immediately. Uh, and he did not take <laughs> That's my, what everybody says. He did here. not take my advice. Um, but it's really amazing just the dynamic personality he is, his unbelievable knowledge of things. 
you know, I can understand why this was the guy the Jets wanted over Jay Culler. It's day two of the NFL owners meetings. Eric Allen here. Uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network has joined me. Later in the show, we'll get to ESPN Sal Palantonio. Kim Martin from Newsday will join us as well. Um, you came over to the table. You were popping around uh, throughout the breakfast. And uh, you, know, uh, you asked Todd a couple questions. Uh, what was the feedback you got from him, and what were you trying to find out? Uh, well, a couple things. You know, first of all, um, you know, I asked about. You know, obviously there was there's a lot of older guys who were set free this year. However, you want, you know, Brandon Marshall and and Mangold. I mean, there's a lot. You know, you know the whole Revis, Revis uh, yeah. obviously. Um, and I was wondering if the team's going to be better talent-wise this year, which is kind of a weird question, I, I know, because those guys are good and talented and accomplished a lot, but a lot of them didn't play. Uh, and certainly when he did play, like Mangle, when he did play, wasn't necessarily himself. You know, Rivas was certainly not, I don't know what he was, but he was certainly not himself last year. Might be the older version of himself. Right. But, um, and I'm kind of wondering if this team, this coming team, with a lot of younger guys, uh, probably work a little harder, probably fight a little harder. I wonder if this team will be better than last year's team, even though there's a lot fewer names that people would recognize. Um, so I think it was interesting to talk to Todd about that. The thing I was wondering was, you know, could Rebus move to safety? Yeah. And, look, obviously Rebus didn't play great last year. I think everybody knows that. But he's still talented. But the, the answer that Bowles gave me was, yeah, you know, Rebus has the skill set to move to safety. But it's a mindset. Safety is a mindset. It's a major position, and you really have to be committed to it. But then that's kind of – he hit on the biggest thing. Like, is Revis 100% fully committed to playing, to changing positions, and doing it where, like, safety is not subtle. You know, you're coming in the box, and you're taking on running backs full speed ahead. It is not subtle. Right, you're playing downhill all the time. Yeah, and, 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 and you I have think, to be willing to commit to yeah, it. Yeah, and I think people talk about it like, oh, well, you know, it's a good press corner and great ball skills, so he can just make a, a quick move to safety. And, and Todd, the way, like Todd, the way he discussed it with you, being a former safety himself who played eight years in the National Football League, said – it's not that minor of an adjustment. It's not. And, and I, was, I was definitely struck by that. And one of the reasons that I like talking to, to Bowles about, well, in general, but also about football stuff is he has such a good sense for how all the different pieces fit into a defense. Yeah. And not just like, all right, this, guy's, you know, this guy can, can run, he's got good range, he's a safety. Well, it's not like that. It's how does he fit into the other parts? What's he willing to do? You know, what's the most important part of this position? What kind of presence does a safety need to have? I mean, there's a lot that goes on. And I think one of the reasons that Bowles has been able to, as a, as a coach or as a coordinator, to get the most out of his guys is he translates that to them. Like, here's what you need to do. Here's why it's important. Here's how you fit in with everyone else. So if you do this, it affects these other guys. Like, there's a lot of different parts to it and helping it fit together. I think it was a great point made by you uh, off your question today because those prominent veterans that the Jets released, a handful of them had nagging injuries throughout the year. You yeah. think about Rivas, who went into last offseason with the wrist surgery. He admittedly came to camp overweight. He said he had a weight problem last year and um, Mangold um, went down during the season. Breno Giacomini had the back injury. Yep. Um, so the list goes on. So you know, Mangold went down and, and I think he's going to be good, and I think he's going to find a spot. But the center position actually got better. Wesley when Johnson, went down. Yeah, it, it, you know, and that was no, and that was, and obviously the wins didn't come. But that position, that was noticeable. That the Jets got better at center when he went down. And Todd Bowles raved about Wesley Johnson today. Said he's an intelligent player, uh, really excellent as far as the run game is concerned. And he got better as the year progressed, Absolutely. making eight starts. So looks like he'll be the guy moving forward for the Jets, a team of transition. Um, Ian, the other thing Todd said today was that I'm going to get more involved with the offense this year. What does that mean to you? Well, um, it means that uh, a, a couple things. Uh, first of all, probably we'll let the reins off of the defense a little bit, which I think is fine. Um, I think you're seeing a lot more of this from head coaches now who say, all right, look, like, I'm responsible for it all. So instead, you know, it used to be a couple of years back, the sort of the trend was you're going to hire the best play caller, he's going to call his side, and he'll let the other, the other coordinator run the side. But now you're seeing more guys who want to be CEOs. Like, yeah, it's my name is on the offense too, so I'm going to make sure that 
I like what I see and make sure it fits the mold of what I want to do. And that's one thing I heard with Bowles this offseason is, is he wanted the offense to be more physical. We wanted to find a way to use a tight end. Sure. It's been a little bit. This is um, a deep draft class. <laughs> this is a very, very deep. This is one of the deepest draft classes we've seen at tight end. I don't ever remember time. one like this, right. to be honest with you. Right. Um, and so I would expect the offense to look different. And, you know, it's odd because he's a defensive guy. But, like, you know, some of the defensive coaches were saying today, you know, you end up watching more offense this was Sean McDermott was saying, like, as a defensive coordinator, you watch offenses all the time. You know what's going on. Right. You know, so I'll, I think you'll see Bulls' fingerprints all over it. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport is here. Uh, we just get a question from Twitter. Zach writes in, what record would be a good achievement? And that's a tough one because the Jets roster hasn't been finalized, and this is a team that wants to build through right. the draft. You're sitting there. Could add a big-time impact player. You think about Leonard Williams a couple of years ago, number six overall. Oh, the Jets, yeah. right off the Jets bat. are picking six again this year, and they have four picks in the first three rounds. Also, McKagan has said, Mike McKagan, the Jets GM, said, hey, listen, we're open for business. I wouldn't mind moving back and acquiring more picks. But uh, as of now, what record would you consider an achievement? That's a tough one to handle. <laughs> I would say eight and eight. Yeah? Um, if they, and it, you know, would it be good enough to make the playoffs? Probably not. You never know. But the whole thing of this year, like, I don't think it's like, oh, the Jets need to make the playoffs. or It's just go in the right direction. This is obviously a team that is changing over. It's trying to build. I like where it's headed. You still got a lot of answers, quarterback position, a lot of them. Go 8-8. Eight and eight, Have everyone realize and understand that you're going in the right direction. And I'll say, all right, that's good. Now, you know, then in 2018, you say, all right, now we're ready to move. You've covered this league for a long time. I've always maintained that the jump from – five wins to maybe eight or nine it's a little bit easier than making the jump from eight or nine wins to 11 or 12 what do you think uh yeah that's an, that's an interesting thought i mean you know to me i'm not saying they're say, gonna, i'm not saying they're gonna do that i'm just right. saying is that you see teams make similar jumps and a lot of things went wrong for the jets last year especially in the injury front and this is going to be a new roster and this is a team definitely in transition but with that being said um well i didn't think they're going to win 10 games the from year two years one ago either. Right. so it is interesting though like the transition can happen so quickly in this league because you, know, you change over 30% of your roster, you you get rid of a bunch of injured guys, and if the new guys don't get injured, then it's almost, you, know, you upgrade by a lot, right? Um, because you're having starters play, and you're having starters who are playing a lot better than the, the you know replacements for the injured guys. It can happen pretty quick. The other thing is that you can't account for is, let's say the Jets are 5-5, five and five, right? And then you got a young team who's building that feels good about themselves, got some confidence. Maybe you go six and five. Well, then, like, I can't, I can't, I don't know what the mentality is going to be like if they're going to say, you know what, we're, we believe we're good. Right. And we can sort of take it the next. That's what thing, like, you get in the mix and just get to the point in December where you're in the mix and then see what happens. But, and lastly, for Ian Rappaport from uh, NFL Network, before we bring on. Uh, Kim Martin from Newsday here, day two of the owners' meetings here in Phoenix, Arizona, is that um, do you think the Jets are going about this approach the right way? We talk about uh, McCagnan, and he, he, he says sustainability in this league, you got to build through the draft. That's how uh, good teams do that. You mentioned the 10 wins a couple years ago. In year one, Nobody expected the Jets to win in right. 10 games. So I don't really think you can necessarily tear it down after winning 10 you games. It, so it, so it, you it, go into year two and you try to build off of that. Well, that didn't happen. A lot of injuries, and then you make a lot of changes. But right now, as they make this transition, and you, you've seen what they've done in free agency, bringing in a guy like McCown, bringing in low-risk, high-reward guys like Morris Claiborne, a former Cowboy, uh, Calvin Beach, a, a former Jacksonville Jaguar. Um, do you think they're taking the right approach right now? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, you know, honestly, like, it would have been nice to take this approach last year, but you can't do it coming off 10 wins. You just can't right. because everyone, it looks like you're getting ready to win. You had to re-sign Fitzpatrick. You just had to. You just had to do it. Um, so it would have been nice if they had won fewer games two years ago so they could have started this year early. 
Um, but to me, this is what it. This is this is where the franchise should be now. In transition, trying to build expectations to be a little lower. And if you exceed them, that's fine. You know, if you're six and six going into December, that's fine. We'll see what happens. But this is a very necessary step toward getting ready to win again. All right, that's at, at Rap Sheet NFL Network. You can follow him. Uh, the meetings are actually concluding early today, yeah, right? Crazy. I guess uh, absolutely. Commissioner Goodell speaks to the media, and then we have the NFC coaches breakfast tomorrow morning, and then uh, that's it. Everyone's out of here. Everybody's out of here. So uh, keep on following Ian. He's all over the place. NFL Network at Rapshi. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you, man. Okay, so Ian Rapport. Uh, We'll exit stage right, actually. And then now uh, Kim Martin from Newsday is going to join us. Todd Bowles spoke at the AFC Coaches Breakfast this morning. Lots of Jets news to discuss. Uh, we thank both Ian and Cordell Stewart, who's working for TuneIn. You can check him out Monday through Friday, 4 to 7. You can download that on your app. Again, we're streaming live on Twitter, on NewYorkJets.com, and on our app. And Bridgestone, it is the official tire of the New York Jets. Now let's get to the official beat writer of Newsday. That's Kim Martin, of course, who was there for all 60 minutes of Bright Todd Bulls <laughs> this morning. Hey, so let me get to this first. You popped in with a question late that really got my attention and a lot of people will write about today. You said... Hey, what are you going to do differently coming up, specifically about the offense? Yeah. And how do you answer that? Because uh, ears perked up at that point. Yeah, Todd um, said he's going to be heavily more involved on offense, which it's funny. As soon as I tweeted that, the feedback was, oh, here we go again, because I think for a lot of Jets fans, they remember Rex sort of saying the same thing. But I think it, it is sort of, it may seem like deja vu for fans, but I think it's a natural evolution. Todd used that word evolution today. Um, I think now in his third year, the same way he self-scouts the defense and players, he has to do his own self-scouting. And I think he understands that he has to pick and choose his spots a little better as to how heavily involved he is, um, whether it's behind the scenes or game day. Um, so I think now, especially with the new offensive coordinator, John Morton, right? He's got an, you know, they have to develop their rapport and have their working relationship. But Todd also has to figure out, you know, how to make sure that his message, what he wants to see um, on both sides of the ball, gets through. A couple things, Kim. Uh, most people assume they're just going to run a West Coast offense next year. And Todd's been asked about that both mm -hmm. in Indianapolis and then again here in Phoenix. And I, I don't think he's trying to put himself in a corner. He's saying, hey, listen, we're going to run whatever we think yeah. is going to be a successful yeah. offense. The worst thing he could do is, is say, this is what we are. Um, because I think the roster is still in flux a little bit because, you know, you don't know what they're going to do in the draft just yet. Um, and also you have new coaches. Um, and I think, as Todd has said today, he reiterated that the system, you know, you try to fit the system to the players and make sure that you take advantage of the skill sets that these guys have. So I think it's a little early in March to say we are <laughs> going to run a West Coast offense. I think it's going to be a, a lot of different things, um, depending on the game, the matchup, the opponent. I don't even think it's coach speak either, because, I mean, you really do. To be successful, you have to match your system yeah. to your personnel, right? Right. right. And, and uh, other thing that Todd said today was that uh, he brought up a specific instance. God, and I can't, you might remember the the game. I don't offhand. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't remember the game, but I, as soon as he said it, He yes. said, you know, I caught myself sometimes on the sidelines is, uh, for instance, last year there was a game when I should have went for two, right. but I was busy chewing. Preoccupied, yeah, yeah yelling on, on the, the sidelines. On the sidelines, so he gave up a, a specific example of that. Yeah, and I think it, you know, I, I think it's it's a lot harder than people give these guys credit for it. To you know, you you really have to compartmentalize, but keep keep track of everything, sideline stuff, what's going on in the field, and that's why Bowles mentioned that you know he relied on Casey a lot it, up, upstairs to sort of you know take on a little bit more responsibility so that he can have his focus in other places too. Kim Martin from Newsday is here. It's the day two of the owners' meetings in Phoenix, Arizona. ESPN Sal Palantonio is going to come on here momentarily. 
Send in Twitter questions. We're live. We're streaming live on Twitter and on Periscope there, so you can send them in. Bridgestone, official tire of the New York Jets. The quarterback news. Is that what you expected to hear uh, from Coach Bowles today? Uh, obviously, the Jets most recently added a grizzly vet to the mix <laughs> in Josh Another, McCown. Yeah. 37 years old. He's seen it all. Right. Played in every system you can imagine. Played for almost every team at this point. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, then the Jets will be his 10th <laughs> team. But I'll tell you what, and you know this because you've been talking to people all week. Wow. If there's a guy that's more respected uh, out there, I don't know who it is because everybody talks about his approach, the mm-hmm. way he is in the locker room, the way he is with his teammates, mm-hmm. and the leadership qualities he has. But as far as Todd is concern. Is that what you were expecting from, from him today? Yeah, Todd is not going to come out. You know, it, it's it's not a Fitzpatrick situation where it's like, you know, coming off his first year, it's like, we know we want this guy as our starter. I mean, Josh McCown is here, and Todd said today it's going to be competition. Now, if you're Christian Hackenberg or if you're Bryce Petty, that's good to hear um, because I think a lot of people just assume that Josh McCown was going to come in and be handed the job outright. And I'll be honest, out of the free agent uh, quarterbacks that were available, I actually, you know, I'm sure Jets Twitter is going to blow up my phone when I say this, but I actually was in favor of Josh McCown. Um, not that I have a, a dog in the race or anything, but I just thought that from from everything I've heard, like even Brandon Marshall yes. raved about him, their former teammates um, in Chicago, and just hearing Brandon talk about the kind of leader and um, it's been, it's just... Um, just sort of just a great guy that he is and he just always raved about him and that stood out for me other coaches around Lee it really is all positive what did you find out about Christian Hackenberg in year one we saw him uh, a limited time mm-hmm. during training camp and then uh, played in a couple pre- uh, preseason game well the preseason game right. late against Philadelphia right. where he struggled and then listen we're only outside if we're able to get out there for the first yeah, 30 minutes of practice yeah, so, right. so what do you know what do Jets fans uh, what should they know about Christian Hackenberg at this point here's it I think this is the problem we don't know anything about Christian the what I've been able to glean from him is that he is somebody that um, can handle the media very well he's very self-assured um, and and the dealing with the I don't want to use the word distractions or anything but with four quarterbacks last year it was a lot of hey Christian you know what do you think do you think you have a chance to like be in the mix what do you when you know what do you think about this red shirt year so he had to deal with a lot a lot of questions and it could have gone a different way depending on how he handled the situation so um, that is reassuring but as far as what's on the field I mean you don't you do, really don't know yeah. and I think that is what is most frustrating for Jets fans because they want to see him. I mean, second round pick, like you know, it's you know, you do want to see what's there. Yeah. Um, but the question is when. What do you anticipate now from uh, Coach Bowles, offensive coordinator John Moore, and quarterbacks coach Jeremy Bates in terms of? splitting up the reps now when these guys return in the spring and you do have McCown, Christian Hackenberg. Right. And I know we're going to talk a lot about Hackenberg today, but we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Bryce Petty. He started his first four games of his career last year. Right. Uh, experienced ups and downs. Mm-hmm. I had the shoulder injury, yeah. non-throwing shoulder, uh, repairing that torn labrum. Yeah. So uh, what about the challenges now for the coaching staff as you head into an open competition with three quarterbacks and how you manage that? Here's what I find interesting about the situation, whereas the Jets could theoretically draft a quarterback at six. Not he saying, said, uh, Todd said that not today. Not saying they will, not saying they will, but he said it's not out of the realm of possibility. Right, exactly. So I think now you're looking at, and he also said that he's not opposed to keeping four quarterbacks on the roster if the situation warranted, if it's the best thing for the team and everybody involved. So could it be a situation where the Jets again have four quarterbacks? I don't think so, but it's, like you said, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I think the challenge last year, even Changeli talks about it. You know, how do you divvy up all, all the snap? There's not enough reps to go around. Right. And I think that does hinder the development of younger guys like a Petty, like a Hackenberg, because they're not getting the physical like reps. There, it's more mental. And they have to like just observe, and you have to just hope that they're watching and listening and learning, so that when they do get a chance 
you know, they can try to put it all together. But there's no substitution for being out there in practice and getting, you know, the football in your hand. So it's going to be a fascinating spring, bottom yeah, line. Yeah, no, 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 regardless. I yeah. mean, even if it's just these three guys, it's going to, you know. Well, and your thoughts on number six overall, because uh, Coach Bowles did say that today, that it's not out of the realm of possibility that we select a quarterback at six and he could be the opening day starter because – I think these uh, following up him and uh, Mike McKagan are echoing each other's sentiments because, as you know, Mike McKagan said all options are still yeah, on the table right. at quarterback. So then you hear from Todd Bowles today, basically saying the same thing. Yeah, I mean it, it's wild yeah. to think about that there could be another guy, but I think for any organization, if there is um, a quarterback, especially that you believe in then you got to go get him. Same way the Jets moved up to get Sanchez yes. all the way to five. Um, you, you know, fans, you know, people can look back and that and say, was that the right move? Well, he's not here. He's not the guy anymore. But I like the fact that Rex and Tannenbaum saw a guy that they wanted and said, he's it. Um, so if, if that's the same thing with McCagna now and Bowles, then uh, then I think as a fan, you got to be all for it. Um, I do think, though, that the team has a lot of roster needs. Um, I think that areas that need to be addressed. Um, so is this the year to get a quarterback? I mean, you could, all, you could say every year is a year to get a quarterback. But I think quarterback's not the only need. No, you're right about that. What's your take on uh, a free agency to date for the Jets that released a number of veterans? You were yeah. all over the Brandon Marshall story. Right. Not only the Jets releasing him, but the, you, had a it, giant. You, you had him <laughs> that he, he was going to the Giants. And Brandon was here uh, yesterday. Not only Brandon, but uh, Darrell Revis, who remains a free agent. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick out there is a free Mangled, agent. Nick Mangle. Breno. Breno Nick Nick I mean, the list, Todd mentioned it today, the list of they lost a lot of you guys lost a lot of big names um, and uh, guys that did, that were productive. Um, was it unexpected though, or, or was it something that you could see on the horizon after a five and eleven season? But nonetheless, it's still a little shocking oh, yeah. just when you see 100%, the names. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, you look at the the salary that some of these guys were making. You just figure a team that's got to create cap space. What's the obvious moves? And you've got a lot of aging veterans. Um, some, you know, on the down um, side of their careers. Um, so if you were paying attention at all, you knew these moves were coming. Right. But that still doesn't, it's still not, a sh it's still a shock to the system when you when you hear like Darrell Revis released, you know, like Nick Mangold, you know, um, even Nick Folk. I mean, Folk Hero. Like yeah. that, I mean, you know, that still is like, whoa. Um, but there's just things that had to be done. It's a business at the end of the day. Um, but they did lose a lot of guys. And I think Brandon is going to be a key loss in the same way that I thought Snacks was, um, just because of, of the position and, and how well that person fit that role. Now, Brandon's coming off a bad year, his words, not my, you know, admittedly so. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the losses are going to be interesting. The, the, the wide receiver position is going to be very interesting because uh, a lot of depth there last year. Uh, Todd Bowles did not have an update on uh, Eric Decker today, right. uh, who's coming off uh, a pair of surgeries. But Robbie Anderson emerged in his first season, 42 catches. The Jets do like some of the young guys they have, Toronto Peak. He also addressed um, Jalen Marshall today, who is Suspend, fa facing yeah. a suspension. And he said, hey, listen, if a guy comes in and takes your spot while you're gone, he takes yeah. your spot. Yeah, no. And I think, I mean, the suspensions are the same as injuries. Sort of like if you're not on the field, you're not on the field. Somebody else has to fit that slide in there. And it's up to that person to then take your job. Um, that's, again, it's a business. Yeah. Um, so you can't really hold Todd, you know, you can't look at Todd and say, like, what do you mean? You know, that's how it goes. Um, but they have a lot of young guys. Um, I'm curious what this. I'm, I'm curious to see when Decker is back. Right. Um, and what they do in the meantime. You know, like how everything sort of just flows. Um, but I think if you're a Jets fan, you have to be really excited um, about about the young receivers. I think. Um, you know, I, I think and Robbie and Anderson. And, and Quentin Patton was just added to the mix, yes. too. Yes. Now, it, it, you got a lot of depth there, and they're going to have to be some guys who are going to have to step, step up. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you got that, to. Now, uh, 
a couple other names let me throw at you. Uh, Calvin Beecham, mm-hmm. Morris Claiborne, right. and then Chandler Canton Zero. What stands out about uh, a couple of those signings? I think all three of those signings, they are guys that um, they, they need to prove it. Yeah. Um, you know, the kicker didn't have Chandler didn't have a good year last year. He, but he's had good years prior. Yeah, you first know? two seasons. So yep. it is so. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be a year where, like Todd talked about, Morris Claiborne, injuries are the only thing that stopped this guy from from. Um, putting together solid seasons back to back to back. Um, So, you know, Todd said today, we took a flyer on him. If he stays healthy, we're good. You know what I mean? We're we're happy with that addition. Um, Same thing with Beach. You know, you got some injuries going. So I think them being healthy will determine a lot. Uh, Speaking of health, um, I'm going to get to that point here in a second, but let me uh, tell you that Sal Palantonio from ESPN is going to pop on by. Uh, But right now, we're with Kim Martin from Newsday. You're watching live on NewYorkJets.com, Twitter, and, of course, our app. And Bridgestone is the official tire of the New York Jets. Day two at the NFL owners meeting. So speaking of health, Coach Bowles was asked about Muhammad Wilkerson today. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, listen, I think he's played through pain last year. Another thing is that he expects the Muhammad that the people have come yeah, accustomed to, to seeing see. next year 2017 doesn't it yeah no and i think um the jets need that they need the mo of old um the 12 sacks mo um because even last year i talked to mo um and he he had told me i think week six or week seven like i'm i'm just my foot's bothering me like you know i've been playing through pain and that was the first time that he'd actually admitted it publicly and i think um that's the tough thing when you got a guy that's coming off you know broken leg you know still dealing with residual pain um but you know he's got a got an off season now um no surgery or anything like that where you hope that he comes in and just and just kills it if you're a jets fan you know because you want to see him put up double digit sacks again all right kim we'll be following you on twitter and we can read you on newsday we thank Thank you so much for stopping Thank by you. here at our table here in Phoenix. And also uh, want to thank not only Kim, but um, Sal Palantonio is going to join us right now for joining us here on uh, NewYorkChess.com. <laughs> and Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, who was here. And then we started this show with Cordell Stewart. You can follow him on TuneIn. And here comes Sal Pal right now, batting cleanup. <gasps> You need a big hitter in that cleanup spot, and we bring in Sal. Uh, great to see you, buddy. Um, you were at Todd Bowles' uh, table today at the AFC Coaches Breakfast, just momentarily. What, what did you get from him uh, in, in your brief uh, stop over there? Well, you know, what I got from him is, listen, they're starting out fresh on offense with a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback's coach. And uh, they still haven't got the quarterback position as settled as they want it to be. So he's still in a competition mode. That was a word that he used over and over again, Eric. Uh, And now they've got the veteran Josh McCown and Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg. But also the big headline was that he's not averse to taking a quarterback with the number six pick. And it looks like your old buddy Sal Palantonio (laughs) is going to be up in Florham Park on draft day for that six pick. Been there before. Been there, done that. But uh, listen, you want my view? Yeah, I want it is if they like Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky, or they like Deshaun Watson, and either one of them is there at number six, take one of them. Don't be averse to taking a quarterback at six, uh, because I think if they can build around a franchise quarterback of that value, you got to try it. I think it'll excite the fan base. I think it'll stabilize the locker room. I think it does a lot of things. I like Deshaun Watson. I'm excited for draft weekend because my buddy will be up in Florham Park. Yeah, that's going to be good. So we have a little get to eat in that cafeteria. Sal, which I a love. little Sal Pal <laughs> reunion. You're a Watson fan. I am. Um, Why? Why am I a Watson fan? Yeah, and also Trubisky. I find it interesting because the thing, the biggest knock you hear about Trubisky is he played 13 games. Yeah, but, but I, I didn't mention Trubisky. I'm a Watson fan. I, I know. I go think, go well, ahead and watch. Watson. Watson well, I think Watson just exhibits leadership qualities that. You can't find elsewhere. Yeah. You can't. They're not walking around on the street, right? Um, I think he's got that off the chart intangible. That's very, very important. Uh, you know, 
It was pretty interesting. Todd Bowles was asked about what qualities he was looking, and I wrote it down. He was looking for uh, a quarterback who didn't turn the ball over and could manage the room. So I asked him, what do you mean by manage the room? Well, you know, Fitz, he's talking about Fitz, Patrick. Fitz managed the players on the field and off. And he's looking for that kind of personality. I think Watson has that personality. No, the guy's a gamer, and he's considered to be another player loaded with intangibles, just like the aforementioned Josh McCown, because everybody talks uh, raves about Josh McCown intangible-wise, obviously a different player. McCown's the perfect guy to, I think, as a bridge quarterback. Yeah, right. Hold the fourth guy. Now, you mentioned two things about uh, manage the room and turnovers. Are you concerned about Watson's turnovers at the collegiate level? You're always concerned about turnovers at any level. Uh, I think that's really important, especially because that's something that has, you know, really been a problem for the Jets at the quarterback position. And Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded coach. He doesn't want to put his defense uh, behind the sticks, Yeah, which is what will happen with turnovers. It'll kill you. We saw it up in Buffalo, and they had a chance to secure that playoff win. Right. And he had three turnovers by the quarterback. So, was it three? I think it was three, right? Three interceptions? Yeah, it was three or four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. a lot. Now, um, so Todd Bowles also told the media today he's going to get more involved in the offense. Do you see that? Because you, you cover that. You cover every coach in the National Football League with your position on all 32 teams. Is that a natural evolution for a head coach? It should have happened sooner, I think. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you're a head coach. And the offense is not performing up to the level that you want. I mean, you got to, um, you got to step in. You got to have an impact. You got to put your footprint on things. Yeah. And I, I think Todd wants to do that. Now, um, what do you think about the off season today with the Jets releasing a number of prominent big time vets and, and then uh, picking up some guys like McCown, uh, Morris Claiborne, who's been like Todd said today, really good player when he's been healthy. Uh, Kelvin Beecham, a guy who's very effective in Pittsburgh, kind of slowed by knee injury in uh, Jacksonville last year as he's coming back from a knee injury. But the Jets have high hopes for for him as well. Well, yeah, they just got rid of you know a lot of aging expensive players. And that's going to happen. But when you're three years in uh, and things haven't gone your way and you're going in the wrong direction, uh, you know, you have to allocate resources in, a, a, in different ways. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, that, that came down from the top, obviously, clearly. But I think it's something that Todd Bowles was clearly uh, in, in line with, in agreement with. So um, I'm, I'm looking for this team, in my view, to slowly build back up to where they were two years ago. Right. ESPN, Sal Palantonio, here at the NFL owners' meetings in Phoenix. We're going to take a little Twitter question for Sal. And okay. he knows this very well. This comes in from Devin. What is the biggest difference between <laughs> Eagles fans and Jets fans? I don't think I know Sal would like this one. I don't think there's much. Yeah? I think they're both long-suffering. <laughs> I think they both bleed green. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think they all want to go back to the heyday. But, you know, the biggest difference between Eagles fans and Jets fans, the Jets tasted a Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl three, and the Eagles have yet to win a Super Bowl. So the Eagles are really, I think, more, even though the Eagles were back at the Super Bowl in 2004, uh, you know, to me, they still, the Jets fans can hang their hats on Joe Namath in Super Bowl three. The Eagles cannot. Now, you're talking about quarterbacks. You said you like Deshaun Watson. The Eagles, uh, Looks like they found their guy last year in Carson Wentz, and there's a team who tar- targeted their player and said, we're going to go get him, and this is our guy. So if you're the Jets and you love a quarterback, you like that philosophy, hey, listen, you take one at six. It doesn't matter what anybody else feels. It's what's best for you in this organization right now. I agree, Eric. I think if you like him yeah. and he's there, take him. And don't worry about the criticism from the outside. And also, don't look back. All right, well, we took Hackenberg in the second round, and he was the pick of the GM. And maybe we made a mistake. You know, teams make mistakes with draft picks. And if that was a mistake, it was a big one. 
because last year you could have used a defensive player in the second round, if that's the case, if Hackenberg doesn't work out. Yeah. But don't base your decision on Watson and number six by what happened last year. Yeah, and Hackenberg, bottom line, he's got a tremendous opportunity right now. You yeah. just heard from the head coach today. He said, hey, listen, this is an open competition. So if you're Christian Hackenberg, you're coming back and saying – going into John Morton, the new Jets offensive coordinator, his office. You're going into Jeremy Bates' office when you can, when the dark period is over, and say, hey, what can I do? I'm ready to roll. Because like Todd Bull said today, he should have a little uh, bit of pep in his step, knowing that that opportunity is in front of him. Uh, another question coming in for Sal Palantonio here at the NFL owners meetings in Phoenix. Why isn't Joe Klecko in the Hall of Fame, Sal? Yeah, good question. Uh, and I think Joe Klecko will have an opportunity uh, before the seniors committee. Yep, that's right. Yep, in, in a few years, I do. He's got Hall of Fame credentials. Do you, do you think that? Uh, and I'm on, as you know, I'm on the selection committee. Right. I'm not on the seniors committee. But if Joe, I'll just say this, if Joe Klecko was presented by the seniors committee, I would vote for Joe Klecko to go to Hall of Fame. Yeah, so there you go. You don't need to argue with Sal over here. Since you are in the committee, uh, let me ask you about Kevin Moy. Um, he was a finalist this year. Yes. What do you think of, uh, you can't give away state secrets, but potentially his candidacy moving forward? Vigorous debate over offensive linemen. I thought Kevin Wise, pr the presentation that was made in the room was terrific. He leapfrogged over a number of offensive linemen because of endorsements from coaches such as Bill Parcells, which, you know, when you get an endorsement like the one that was presented by Bill Parcells in the room, people are going to stand up and pay attention. Endorsements from Curtis Martin. These are two Hall of Famers, Parcells and Martin. So, you know, to me, again, I, I, you're allowed to talk about your vote. I voted for Kevin Moy, and I think Kevin Moy will get into the Hall of Fame. I think he should, and he will. How about that? That's, that's where we're going to end. But I will say this, too. Sal Palantonio was at the draft a couple years back, <laughs> and we went through the first round, and he said, watch Geno Smith, watch Geno Smith. The Jets might take Geno Smith. And sure enough, the Jets took him in the second round. Don't hold me, don't hold me accountable no, for No, 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 but, I, but I'm saying that uh, you, you had a good idea what was happening here. So you'll be in Florham Park this year, and perhaps the Jets could go for a quarterback again. We'll see. Listen, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the first round either. Listen, I was, in the, it was, I was there for the Sanchez pick and the Geno Smith pick. They don't send me to Florham Park for nothing. Oh, how about that? So good. <laughs> We're going to leave it right there, right, right now. That's Sal Palantonio from ESPN. Not only great thanks to my special friend over here, but also um, Kim Martin from Newsday, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, Cordell Stewart slash uh, from uh, TuneIn. You can follow Cordell and uh, everybody at home. Uh, we really appreciate you tuning in. Not only the Todd Bowles today, but uh, our live show here that you were able to watch on NewYorkChess.com, our app, and on Twitter. And special thanks, finally, to Bridgestone. It's the official tire of the New York Jets. We're signing off from Phoenix.